Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Hard Currency, the weekly podcast from the Financial Times on the foreign exchange market. I'm Roger Blitz, and all eyes and ears this week have been on new Federal Reserve Chair Jay Powell, who came to Congress twice and first talked up the US economy, which promptly sent rate expectations soaring, which dragged down equities and which put a rocket up the dollar. But on the second occasion, it looks as if he has tried to row back on that idea a bit. So what will this week give us? Will it be a turning point, not just for the dollar, but for the market's relations with the Federal Reserve? Or is this all just a blip in the ongoing trends of 2018? With me to discuss all these is Jean Médecin, a member of the Investment Committee of Cummings the European asset manager. Jean, what did you make of Powell's first utterances as a Fed Reserve Chair? I think it clearly illustrates the danger of communication. <laughs> His uh, first line was obviously probably not as hawkish as people said, but obviously the tone he used and the way yes. uh, he, he expressed himself, which was quite different from his predecessors. Very straight talking, wasn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. Created some shockwaves in the mm. market, which he tried probably today to address by correcting a little bit the feeling he gave. And this is probably the danger and the challenge of a chairman of the Federal Reserve. It's not just an exercise where you communicate on content, but the way you deliver it is so important. And obviously, new chairman, new challenge, yes. new risk. Market reaction has therefore been fairly volatile this week. His first appearance in front of the Financial Services Committee, they did buy this and they did drive the dollar higher. And then it's now coming off again. Is the market a little bit confused? Is it, is it not surprising when you've got a new Fed chair? I think it's there is always a period of adjustment. I think what is very clear is that we started the year with positive view in terms of growth accelerating, inflation being back to normal. And that was quite positive for investors. Then all of a sudden, people started to be worried that actually better growth will be too much growth and that it will lead to too much inflation. And that created the wobbles we have seen in the financial markets. At Carmignac, we believe that, uh, as a matter of fact, the, the greatest danger is not so much that growth will be too strong and inflation will be too strong, but uh, that growth might actually reach a peak and that inflation might not be as strong as expected and therefore monetary policy might be too tight. What is what is concerning you about global growth then? Why do you think it's reached a peak? Well, what are the, what's the data you've just seen that worries you? I think people are too optimistic in terms of the impact of the tax reform in the US. Yes. They probably underestimate that this tax plan is coming at a time where, in particular for households, uh, they have been digging to use their savings for quite a while yes. and that this plan might be more an opportunity for them to replenish their savings. So we might not have the kind of booster that everybody yes. is hoping for. But I think also probably more importantly, you referred to the trend in the currency market. And obviously, these weaker dollars that we have seen since the start of the year, and uh, actually a trend that started beginning of 2017, start to be 
a kind of powerful headwind for countries like uh, Eurozone or Japan. And this is very obvious in the numbers we are seeing from uh, those regions. So you see um, slowdown or, or rather the, the U.S. economic growth slowing, which affects Eurozone, other other economies. Yeah, and I think also the dollar impact is very important. Let's keep in mind that over the last two years, most of the Eurozone growth acceleration was driven by net exports yes. and not by consumption or investment being stronger. Right. So obviously those currency movements yes. are a very powerful yes. headwind. External factors, therefore. Exactly. So just looking a bit d- more deeply, therefore, inflation prospects. On Thursday today, we just had the Fed's chosen benchmark for looking at inflation, the PCE deflator, which was on the money, wasn't it? It, it didn't move. It didn't. Yeah, absolutely. It was in line with expectation. It's close to this magic number that everybody is calling for inflation, which is 2%. I guess we have to keep in mind that external factors such as stronger oil price or weaker dollar are helping this uh, inflation number. And probably we are a far cry from seeing a kind of uh, inflation scares, which is agitating the market right now. And when you put in parallel what's happening in Europe, where we have seen that inflation numbers have been more on the weakish side, I guess it's really uh, showing you how external factors are having such an important impact on inflation. And we should not be too worried about being on the verge of a kind of inflation surge. It's, it's interesting, Jean, because it's a month since we had that uh, that earnings uh, story. Do you remember February the 2nd? Yes. We had that, that big uh, shift, uh, which actually you could say led to the, the big market correction in February. And we thought, wow, this is it. Here we go. Inflation time. It's happening. Further data in the last few weeks and, and uh, the PC deflator suggests that's overdone. When the market grabs hold of that realization, that's going to mean that the trend of weaker dollar uh, is going to continue and that inflation is just going to be too hard to grasp, not just in the US, but in the Eurozone. I think it illustrates one of the biggest issues when you invest in markets, which is to give too much power to a single data point, especially Uh, one which is as volatile as the number you referred. But on the other hand, it reflects very much on the psyche of the market because this kind of very strong reaction to this Mm. inflation number is telling you one thing, which is that inflation now is really one of the key uh, drivers of investors, some things which is really on their radar screen. Our message is that inflation is going to remain contained and that there is no reason to panic because of this inflation. I think we will be talking in the next few months about demographic issues, you know, the trends of technology. We've been talking about it for many years, but but this is still going to be the strong theme. And also, you know, what is it? A quarter of jobs in the US are in low wages. The tax reforms you were talking about, they benefit higher higher earners, don't they? All very valid elements you're, you're flagging. Inflation today is really being 
thorn between, on one hand, cyclical factors, mm-hmm. which are obviously supporting inflation, but structural drivers such as the one you mentioned, yeah. which are still capping inflation. So for us, can we see inflation volatility? Can we see some temporary high numbers in the coming months or so? Yes, we can. But I'm pretty sure that when we will be after the summer, we will see that uh, we are absolutely not on the verge of the kind of big inflation surge, which is scaring people. So what does this mean for the European Central Bank and the Bank of Japan? Big week next week, Jean. Both are meeting, one on Thursday, one on Friday. Where does this position leave them? I think it gives Mario Draghi a lot of leeway to maintain a very dovish monetary policy. He referred many times to being prudent, patient and persistent. And when you look at the latest inflation numbers in the Eurozone, and if you look even at the economic numbers, Mm -hmm. probably it gives him some breathing space to maintain a very accommodative monetary policy. A bit of breathing space, a month or so. Not, Not that much, though, surely? You know, I think it gives him first quite a bit... And let's keep in mind that the issue is not just of what's happening in terms of tapering the purchase of sovereign bonds, but the real issue is obviously about the pace of interest rates rise. And right now, the market has already priced, has already factored uh, quite a lot of uh, rate rise following the tapering. We think that uh, the market is today already quite uh, hawkish in its assessment of the monetary policy and probably too Too hawkish. hawkish. And the same with the the Bank of Japan? Bank of Japan, the situation is probably even more stable in the sense that having moved from a commitment to buy bonds to a commitment to target interest rates, they don't really have the same pressure as the European Central Bank. So their breathing space uh, is probably even bigger. Probably considering the strength of the yen, which has appreciated by more than 5% versus the dollar since the start of the year, Mm -hmm. the Bank of Japan will be very reluctant to give any kind of signals that might lead its currency to keep appreciating. Jean, take off your economic research hat, put on your investment hat. How are you going to trade the next few months? First of all, I think people have to understand that the relationship between Uh, Bonds on one hand and equity has changed. The um, way those two asset classes behave uh, has somehow changed. We moved from a a negative correlation regime to a positive correlation regime. What it means for people, it means that the traditional assumption that buying bonds together with equity is not necessarily going to protect you. So you need to be probably more flexible. You need to have, in terms of flexibility, the capacity to go on the short side, including when you invest in bonds, so in to make money uh, when interest rates are rising. And probably you need also to maintain a fair amount of diversification in ah, your portfolio. Diversification. I knew you were going to come out. But, but, but just finally, on the currency front, are we sticking to you know, the, the, the medium-term view about weak dollar, strong euro, pretty strong yen? There are a lot of supporting factors for a weaker dollar. But one thing which is important to understand in one of the consequences of a weaker dollar is that it's actually quite supportive to certain asset classes, Mm -hmm. like, for example, emerging markets. And I'm back because I saw you smiling on (laughs) diversification. I want to to flag... Diverse in currency. But you you need to know why. 
And uh, one asset class which I think is quite interesting is local bonds of emerging markets because you see that uh, they exhibit uh, a behavior which is very disconnected from what's happening in the rest of the world. So when we talk about diversification, it's not diversification for the sake of diversification, is to try to identify asset classes which are a bit living their own life. And Emerging markets, local bonds are exhibiting these kind of characteristics. And for this, I think they provide quite an appealing segment for people to diversify their risk. And therefore emerging market currencies. And therefore emerging market currencies. We have to leave it there. My thanks to Jean Madsin of Carmignac. So next week, some pretty important central bank meetings, plus another month of US payrolls and wage earnings to digest. And yet further notches what we haven't discussed along the slow Brexit train. So join us again for Hard Currency. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.